I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Self-Helpful. I'm your guide, Kevin Miller, and I curate the sea of new personal development messages to bring the most influential leaders onto this show. Join me as I question my guests to better understand their counsel so we can all integrate the wisdom into our lives because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. The Self-Helpful Podcast is presented by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches. Visit Ziggler.com. Hello, self-helpful listeners. In this episode, define your values and stay true to yourself when you can't think logically. I'm back with Hala Taha in my series on the art of trying. This is part two, my what drives you episode. And I walk through the key areas of life and what drives Hala. Before even diving into specifics like spirituality and relationships and health and wellness, like you know I do, We simply talk about Hala's overall drive as she shared in the previous episode how her initial drive was fueled by her father who immigrated to the U.S. and expectations to become a doctor like the rest of her siblings. And this is where she shared her commitment to consistently define her values so they would see her through in challenging times when you can't think logically. This was significant to me, and we dug in deeper to that topic. We then start off with spirituality and get on the topic of how we are all brainwashed, is the word she used, which I agree with. We're brainwashed in our upbringing and need to re-brainwash ourselves toward what we truly value. You can find Hala on your podcast app at Young and Profiting, and on social media at Yap with Hala. You can also watch this episode on YouTube, the whole thing, if you want, or just little reels. Just search for Self-Helpful with Kevin Miller. Hala, this episode is titled, What Drives You? And my point of it is to get to your values. What do you value? What is driving you? And what are your habits? What are the things that you're doing to walk those out day to day? But I want to pull at the beginning, before we even dive into some of the specific categories, you said when we first talked you said you needed to find your values. We're talking about business, kind of getting into that, but even into motive overall, you said you need to define your values. And what caught my uh, ear though, is that you said, especially when we can't think logically. Okay. So I've been stewing on that. And obviously I pulled it out. That is the point. If we know our values, then when crap hits the fan, life happens, we're not thinking logically, we don't come untethered. We don't just go with the flow. I'm going to use that quote from you. I I really love that, but that is so valuable. When we can't think logically, if we define our values, we will stay on the tried and true. But I'm going to ask you to unpack that a little bit because you said that and I let it go because I knew I wanted to hit it here uh, as we talk about values define your values. And you said, when you can't think logically, give me a little bit more on what you meant by that. Yeah. So like I was saying previously, branding is consistency and every interaction that you make on social media 
is basically the perception that you're giving off to your audience. And if you keep repeating and repeating and repeating yourself, eventually they will have some ideal or belief that you represent and they'll start associating you with the transformation that you want to make with your audience, with the impact that you're trying to make. And so in the social media world, there's lots of opportunities for you to kind of break your brand, right? So let's say you've got a troll in the comments that is harassing you or you have somebody DMing you that is DMing you something inappropriate, you have a choice right then and there to act in accordance with your values or break them and uh, potentially hurt your reputation and your personal brand. Even the actions that you take, you know, if, if you are value, if you value family and then you're caught cheating, now your brand is in shambles right. because you've went against your values that you keep saying and stating to your audience. So you need to act in accordance to the things that you preach. Otherwise, if it comes to fruition that you are not acting in alignment with your brand, people are going to think you're a sham and not believe you, you won't be authentic anymore. So it's very important that when you understand your values, that you stick to them in all of your interactions, the way that you communicate online and also your actions offline, especially if you're a public figure, uh, because it's very important for you to stay authentic with your community. Okay. You just mentioned saying and stating what your values are. So let's, again, we can look at podcasts and I think it's relevant for anyone out there with an audience, product, service, whatever your platform is, but we'll use podcasting for this one since that's what we're doing. And to talk about that, because you know that some people grapple with that thing. No, I'm about my content. Here is my topic. This is my expertise. That's what I'm going to talk about. It's not about me. You know, they can try to, you know, deal with the ego and say, it's not about me, or maybe they just don't want to, they're, you know, private person or whatnot. I struggle with that. Cause I feel like if you don't, as a personality out there, if you, if I can't figure out what your values are, if you're not saying and stating those, I just don't know you and I don't trust you. I'm probably not going to align with you and I'll go listen to somebody else. Is that fair? And I'm saying that as somebody who's, who's kind of gone who's been in that former category of, and then I'm not going to go talk about myself. If they're like, well, if you're not, then we're not going to know you. And so help us with that tension. Yeah. I think that there are some influencers that can get away with not having any brand. And these are the people that are sharing cat videos and uh, just viral videos and they stand for nothing. Nobody knows what they look like, but here's the thing. These people are not making money. Nobody's going to buy from them. Nobody trusts them. Nobody's going to, you know, think they're an expert in anything. They just have a following that they can't monetize. Well, can right? I carry out that? Because you, a minute ago, you talked about transformation. So you, would you say that if you are in the transformation business and you want to influence people, then you're going to have to do values. Is that fair? 100%. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that there are people who grow their influence with no values, but they can't monetize it. Okay. Because basically nobody knows who they are. Nobody understands what they stand for. Nobody trusts them. They have no expertise, no credibility. They haven't established that. They're just using clickbait to go viral, right? So there's plenty of meme accounts like that. And maybe the only way they make money is by, you know, selling advertising on their platforms or something like this. But in general, if you want to attract a certain audience, you need to relate to that audience and resonate with that audience and mirror that audience. And that means you need to be consistent and define your values, your personality, the impact that you want to make. Right. So like I was saying before, it's really about stepping back, understanding how you want to be perceived, outlining that and what makes you unique from your competition. Right. How do you stand out from everybody else who's talking about what you talk about? You do that through your values and your personality. And the, the messages that you have, right? Because yeah. there's a million people out there who are business coaches, for example, or, you know, authors or speakers or whatever it is. But what is it that makes you uniquely you, right? And resonate with the people that you want to bring into your community. Okay. So let's get on. Well, let's look at even personal development, which we're talking about. You and I are both in the personal development business. We are both here to help people, including ourselves, you know, with transformation, with personal growth, with self-help as my show is about. And yet, yeah, I look at our social media and it's very different. You have your look and feel and flavor 
and I do as well. And some people are going to look at mine and go, no, that's not the dude for me. And, and they're going to look at yours and go, oh yeah, that's the flavor. But by doing that, by, as you stated, putting the values out there, you are going to attract some people and absolutely repel some others. And I am guessing that you would say yes. And that's the point. 100%. And I think one of the best activities that you can do as you're going out to develop your personal brand, and I always tell my students to do this, is go out and look at your lookalike profiles. So what does that mean? That means that people who have an audience that you want, the same audience that you want, it doesn't mean they're competitors. It doesn't even mean they're in the same space. It means they have the same audience that you want. What are they saying? What are their values? What are their messages? What colors are they using? You know, what's their branding look like? How can you leverage what they're doing well and differentiate yourself as well? So it's like taking somebody else's playbook and figuring out what works for you based on what they do, as well as how you want to differentiate from them. So I'll give you a great example. Heather Monahan is one of my lookalike profiles. We have pretty much nearly identical audiences on LinkedIn right now, but Heather is different from me because she talks a lot more about confidence. I don't really talk about confidence as much as she does. And the main difference is that she really targets a female audience. Everything she does is from a female lens. She is highly feminine. She is highly talking about stories related to being a female. She's a feminist. She, she is very focused on that impact. While I almost never talk about that topic. And actually, the people who listen to my podcast, it's 80% male right? I have a very male audience because I never talk about the feminine perspective. I keep it super neutral and it's really about improving your life in all different ways, uh, not just as a female, right? So it's like, that's how I differentiate myself from Heather. It's really my audience is different. It's split 50-50 or even heavily skewed male. And so that means that all of my messaging needs to be gender neutral. And the way that I talk needs to be gender neutral. I can't be overly feminine. I can look feminine and be myself and have my own personality. But what I say is always gender, gender neutral, right? I'm not speaking to only women, whereas Heather is literally only speaking to women when she communicates, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting thinking about that if we're comparing that if you well, I'm sure you have had Heather on your show, just like, uh, you know, we're doing this now together, but you've had her on your show. You're going to speak to her from your own reference point in relation to your unique audience. I'm going to have her on our show. I think in the next few weeks or something like that, I will speak to her from my own flavor and bring out very different, probably a lot of different things, some overlapping, but some different things, different flavor. Again, that will appeal to my audience, which this is, gosh, at the next uh, podcast movement, which is actually out here in Denver. I, I oh, I'll see you there. If you're yeah, going. yeah. Well, I'll see you there as well. And I'm doing uh, a panel about that. I'm doing a couple of panels. And one of them is that talking about connecting with your guest in your unique way that I'm not asking the same questions. I'm not speaking the same demographic. So I appreciate you pulling that out here because it really helps us all, I think, see how we can be different, how we should be, but coming back to values, which I feel like at this day and age, I man, you've got to be able to be upfront with them or people, well, as you said, they're not going to connect with you. 100%. You've got you've to think before you speak and write and think about who you want to be perceived as. And that means clearly understanding what you represent, the things that you stand for, and then backing it up in your actions on social media. And like I said, offline. So for example, one of my key values is achievement, right? Achievement and success. This is a key value. I have to stand in alignment. That means that I'm not lazy. That means that I work hard, right? W working hard is another value of mine. I believe in working hard. I believe that you get results by working hard. So I communicate that. I actually walk the walk, right? I, I, I'm not lazy. I, I make sure that I work hard every single day, right? And then there's other, like relationships are really important to me. So what does that mean? I'm nice to my community. I respond to my community. I actually connect with my community, but I also have relationships outside of work and I prioritize that. And health and fitness is another huge value of mine. And although that has nothing to do with my podcast, I talk about it all the time on my podcast. I interview people about health and fitness. I give my own perspective to people on my podcast and I tell people like, hey, if you're not exercising, 
you're not going to be as smart and successful as other people who are exercising. It literally makes you smarter. Like I give my opinion on things, even if it might turn some people off who don't like to exercise or so on. I'm okay with also, um, being a little controversial or, or upsetting some people in order to stand with my values. Because I do believe, I believe that everybody should exercise. And I believe that you actually are going to be less successful if you don't exercise. Mm -hmm. And so I will say that even though some people wouldn't be, you know, they're, they're more neutral, you know what I mean? They don't want to piss anybody off or upset anybody, but sometimes even with your own values, you need to take a stand. This is what I believe in. And I'm not going to change my opinion just to kind of be, uh, make sure everybody accepts me, right? You yeah. don't have to be liked by everyone. It's important to stand in your values. And then the people that resonate with that, they're going to feel a stronger connection with you because they have the same beliefs. I, well, I want people to hear that because it, it is so relevant to my daily life. And I'm going to go to not me, but other people as I'm vetting. We were just talking about vetting guests and, and whatnot. And that's what I'm looking for. I, I want to be able to vet them easily. And if we can't, then they're gone. They may be the next best thing since sliced bread, but I just don't have time. I'm not going to take time to vet them. When we, you know, when I first heard about you, I go online and I know what you're about quickly. I know what you're about. And I can say it's a fit or it's not. And it makes it so much easier on everybody. And we know that that's the audiences too. And I have not done a good job on that for myself. I do it here in the shows. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, you know, fully vocal on my own beliefs and perspectives, but we haven't done that in social media. I've done kind of like we talked about in the last one, I've just put the content out there and I haven't connected with people. So we're having to, we're having to, I don't want to say play the game. That sounds like minimizing it, but to some degree we need to, you know, we need to play the game well out there and do that. Otherwise I'm going to get bypassed just like I bypass people. So yeah. well to the values then. So here we are. And I want to hit them with you. Uh, and I appreciate you saying that that's what I stand for. And I do feel like we should, I'm a fan of standing for things. Doesn't mean I want to caveat that. Cause when we say that, what we hear as a culture, especially in America, I think is if you stand for something, then you stand against somebody who doesn't stand for the same thing. So let's take that off the table and say, but this is my value. This is what is valuable to me. So yeah. first one here, first category is spiritual. So I'll ask what drives you in the spiritual category of your life? Mm -hmm. This is a really good question. So I was actually born Muslim, but I don't consider myself a Muslim. Um, I feel like actually we, we sort of touched on this when I was, I was saying that I believed in abundance. And when I was 19, when, which is really when I started this whole path of broadcasting entertainment, I was feeling really lost because, you know, I was really jealous of my Catholic friends that seemed to like have this strong religion. I didn't feel aligned to the Muslim faith, not because it's bad. It's, it's not a bad religion at all. Uh, it's just that I felt like it was a little bit um, sexist and I didn't like that. And I was taught my whole life that I could achieve whatever my brothers achieved and it didn't align to me. Like the the sex is double standards, lots of sexism. I didn't like it and I couldn't align to it. I couldn't feel like I belonged <clears throat> with that religion. And what happened was is that like I basically made the law of attraction my religion. And I became obsessed with it. And I read every single book about the law of attraction. And I became obsessed with Abraham and Esther Hicks. I don't know if you know who they are, mm -hmm. but they're like, you know, really out of this world people uh, that were like talking to source energy from the universe and would like give all these speeches and I would listen to it constantly. And I brainwashed myself wow. to believe that I could literally make anything happen. And then it started to work. Everything that I wanted, I got. I was hanging out with celebrities, dating celebrities, got this crazy job at Hot 97, was hosting parties, became the most popular girl in school because I was, you know, working at Hot 97, dropped out of school, started a website, blew up. Like, sky was the limit. You know what I mean? Like there was like, there was no limit is what I was trying to say. I really believed it. And I brainwashed myself. I would record every day affirmations and I would uh, repeat them in the car. I would listen to affirmations. Like you're the smartest girl in the world. You're the prettiest girl in the world. You're going to be super famous. Like, like, but I would say it in I statements. I'm, I'm so pretty. I'm so smart. I'm this, I'm that. And I was somebody who got rejected over and over again in high school. I was somebody who, you know, before I dropped out of school was failing out of school, 
when I got back to school, straight, I never got less than an A plus on anything. I was a different person when I came back to school and was like, just did all this self-work. I was literally a different person. I don't even remember who old Hollow was. I had brainwashed myself to be a different person, to only strive for excellence, to believe that I was excellent. I looked different. I acted different. Everything was different about me. And it was because I literally brainwashed myself to believe that I had all these, like, I was brilliant, you know? And I found, like I said, the law of attraction became my religion. And only after, like, you know, several huge failures did I sort of forget about that. I was like, Oh, this is maybe this is not real. Like maybe I need to be more realistic, get back into corporate. I was still had a bit of it, which is why I really in corporate, I got promoted four times in five years, like, and like really just like skyrocketed above my peers. When I started corporate so much later than everybody else. And then I was like managing teams with 40 year olds under me. And so I was like really skyrocketed in my career. So I did have some elements of it left, but a, a little bit of it broke. And then I sort of found it again and started the podcast. And now everything else is is back to, you know, me manifesting my life. Like, I know that, like, you know, hard work and belief, you can manifest anything. So, sorry, there's a long-winded answer to the law of attraction. That's this. Uh, that's the point of this show is, is fishing for some of this. And, and you are, I think, the first person, uh, aside from me, who used the word brainwashed. Uh, I, it's a big word to me because I feel like we are brainwashed. I tell my kids, guys, I cannot not brainwash you. I can't expose you to everything. I can't keep my own values and beliefs a secret. You, you know what they are, whether I speak them or not. I am in essence brainwashing you. Best thing I can do is let you know that. So guys, you're brainwashed. Now step back and give yourself permission. It's a big part of my book. What drives you is permission to step back and question all these areas and go, what do I really value for me? Not what my parents, my religion, my, my, my ancestry, uh, all the influences in my life, not what they have said, but what do I actually do that? And in the process, I feel like we need to re-brainwash ourselves. But I don't think anybody, it's, all, it's such a big word. And so thank you. I agree. I love yeah. hearing that, that you re-brainwash, or no, you you brainwash yourself. We could say you re-brainwash yourself, but you brainwash yourself. It's powerful and dramatically unique, as you know. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, 
but getting them to actually give their payment info is. And Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And something that I did, like, so when I was in corporate and I sort of lost my way, because like I was like as a 19 to 20, you know, seven year old girl, I was like so confident. It was almost like arrogance. Like I thought I could do anything. Right. And I did do really cool things. And then in corporate, I was like more humbled. Like I was like normal, like had a normal job. And really what helped me break out of like me realizing that I could be more, I got obsessed with self-improvement. <laughs> I started reading, actually listening to audiobooks like for a month of like all like, you know, um, just all the powerful books, like four hour work week, any, all these different human behavior books, uh, how to make friends and uh, whatever that is, win big, drive in. How to make friends and influence people. Yeah. Yeah. Like all those classic books. I just kept re like listening and listening and listening and listening. And then I was just like, all right. I'm going to start a podcast. And it's like, I've got the self-confidence back because I just really, sometimes when you don't have access to mentors, you can get access to them through books and reading. Yeah. And, and like, so I rebrainwashed myself just starting to expose myself to more self-development, like podcasts, like Kevin's podcast. Um, and it really, really helped me kind of break that rut and believe in myself again. I appreciate you pulling that out. I saw on your, I think it was your Instagram feed that you not long ago had Seth Godin on your show. Yeah. He was, so when I started this show, it was the Ziggler show after Zig Ziggler. And I think Seth was one of our first three guests because he's such a huge Zig Ziggler fan. Same thing. And especially at a low point in his life, he said, man, I put these, you know, personal development tapes from Zig Ziggler and then play them over and over. And he said, I played them like 80 times till the cassette tapes wore out. And then I had to buy new ones and they were really expensive, but I did it over and over. And so it's great that you had him on your show recently and are testifying to the same things that you put your, and we talked about this in the first show that you even took a almost, uh, uh, well, you said you went black on, uh, you know, on your yeah. social media, whatever to go and work yourself, work on yourself and figure yourself out. That is, it's so telling. And I want people to hear that that is such a, a similar story to the majority of people I have on the show here. And I think that's why they're on the show is because they went and did the personal transformation, which is why everybody's here listening to this. Otherwise they'd be listening to NPR. Totally. And I would say like my, my like big person, John Maxwell, which who I haven't oh, really? gotten to uh, interview yet. I just read all his books and he's just such a great, like all his like perspective and like, it's just so helpful. So I feel like if you're in a rut, if you want to like believe in yourself, it's like, go pick up some John Maxwell books, John C. Maxwell. That's, that's key. I, and we have not had him on either. I think we've had everybody around in the sphere, but for I know. Reason, we hard to get. Well, so you and I need to get him on a show together. <laughs> uh, we'll do. Hey, thank you uh, for that. Next one is uh, relationships. And again, you said not long ago, relationships are a key. I think you cited them as a key value in and of yourself. So, but tell me in that aspect of relationships, what is, uh, yeah, what is the motivating thing for the relationships that you pursue in your life? Well, I think that having relationships and being good at networking is definitely one of my superpowers. I always try to be the glue that brings everybody together. So whether that's like uh, an organization that I start, whether that's like a, a, a philanthropic community, whether that's like an engagement pod on social media that I start, whatever it is, 
if you're the glue that brings everybody together, all of a sudden you have like more importance, more authority. Everybody wants to help you help you because you brought like-minded people together. So like for me, one aspect of relationships is really this aspect of networking and building communities and, and knowing how to do that. I think the other aspect of relationships is motivating a team, being a good boss, right? Making sure that I'm aligned in those values internally behind closed doors and externally, you know, uh, in general. And I think that uh, in terms of community, it's the way that I, like I mentioned before, treating my community online, actually engaging them in the DMs, actually engaging in the comments. Now I have a huge team, but you'd be surprised. I'm constantly going through everything myself and responding to messages, responding to DMs, especially if somebody sends me something really personal or whatever. I tell my team anything that's like really specific, please flag it so I can respond myself. Like I take the time to actually respond to my community. And then lastly, like prioritizing time for family and friends. Now for a few years, like four or five years, I had very limited time for family and friends. I just worked, 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 worked. I have a lot of regrets about that. I've lost uh, a lot of best friends, for example, that I didn't really uh, spend enough time with. But now um, I really go out of my way to prioritize time with friends and families and also like my business partners who I treat like family, right? I've got business partners at my company. They're my best friends. We've got an amazing relationship and it's just really important to have healthy relationships. That's what makes you a well-rounded person. And then in business in general, having relationships is how you make money, right? Like I think one of the reasons why my network is so successful is because of the relationships that we build with other people in the industry and my perspective of, collaboration over competition. Like I have very few, I don't really consider anybody my competitor. Even if there's a business that's doing the same exact thing as me, I always try to figure out a way we can team up and help each other. And I'm not really a competitive person. Uh, I am a very competitive person, but I don't really compete with other people, if that makes sense. Well, no, it sounds like you compete with yourself and your own values and aspirations. I I do want to pull out though, interesting, because we talked previously about the value that you give to, you know, hustle in, in a sense and putting mm-hmm. the time in that you did at the sacrifices of some other things for, for time. And you built up this business that now affords you a lifestyle that you want, a lifestyle of margin, but you went through a time period of not having margin. Yeah. Now, so I know you value that immensely. And you also say, yeah, it stressed some relationships mm-hmm. and, and some regrets there how would you do things differently or would you? See, this is a tricky question. You know, I feel like I am really happy for the sacrifices that I made because I feel like had I not done that in a consolidated way, I don't know if I'd be where I am today because the podcasting space is very competitive. I had to put my head down. I had to do my best. Now, uh, do I wish that I maybe communicated what was going on more effectively? Let my friends know that, hey, like this is sort of temporary. I still love you. Just went out of my way to over communicate that this was That's temporary. True. I think it would have done me better. And I think that there could have definitely been weekends or something that I just put on hold. Um, and then also, you know, sometimes relationships aren't working and you need to let go. Um, I think a lot of the relationships that I stopped having were people that weren't into a growth mindset and actually felt threatened by my success. And the more successful I got, the less they wanted to hang out with me. And they would never want to ask about my success. They would never congratulate me on anything. It was almost like they always wanted to minimize anything that I did. And so it also was, it also was in my best interest at the same time to move on and be around people who did believe in me and who did build me up rather than sort of uh, pull me down. So, okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave that one. I want to, I want to stick there. (laughs) It's a big one. And and I think, you know, this, that as you pursue success, especially if there's a significant change, I mean, you just talked about, you know, about brainwashing yourself, becoming a different person. You don't even remember some of the person that old Holly used to be that in that, it is often going to stress relationships and it threatens mm-hmm. people. And I, but I want to say that in a way I don't, I don't want to, 
I feel like that's always been said and you kind of diss the people. Oh, they're just, you know, not growth minded. They're, you know, they're, they're trash. And, and that's not it, but it does threaten them when you change, when you're with a group that you belong to and you change, it can threaten people. But I'm going to ask you your experience because I find that some people it's going to threaten and you're going to lose them. Some people, even those who feel threatened though, when you make it, it gives them permission. Well, actually you shared that with your dad. I know you didn't use this as a, as it threatened the people around with him, but when he left, you know, Palestine and, and left and came over that it, in essence, I'm going to paraphrase, kind of opened up possibility to people and other people came over and he kind of saved the whole family in that sense. Mm -hmm. So to take those two premises though, that some people are going to be threatened and fall away. Some people threatened or not, it's going to give them permission to pursue things that they wouldn't have otherwise. So how'd you experience that? Yeah. I think that my closest friends felt the most threatened and Hmm. especially so like when I was in corporate, you know, everybody was so comfortable with what I was doing. It was accepted. As soon as I started the podcast, I would get comments like, you already tried this and failed. Why are you doing this? Hmm. Or aren't you too old to start a podcast? I was like, not even 30 years old. Aren't you too old to start a podcast? What does that even mean? You know, like, and just lots of negativity Hmm. making fun of me for what I was posting online. Uh, And basically then when I started getting successful, it was almost like they had their foot in their mouth and they didn't know what to do with it Um, because they had told me like they would tell me things like my boyfriend at the time was a very famous music producer. And they'd be like, you're only doing this because he's not marrying you. Uh, You're only doing this because you're unhappy. And they would like try to put and I'm like, but guys, this is what I did. What are you talking about? Like, do, don't you remember the sorority of hip hop? Don't you remember Hot 97? The five other shows that I had? What are you talking about? It's because he's busy. Like, so they would manipulate me in that way. And so, you know, eventually I stopped hanging out with them and I just got focused and I blew up. And no matter how hard I tried to like continue those relationships, they just weren't supportive of me. And Hmm. I realized I had to, I literally made all new friends and my business partners became my best friends. I made all new friends and, uh, I had to sort of separate myself from that. And to this day, I feel bad because it's like those people were my best friends since I was like a little girl. But if they don't support me and maybe talk behind my back or whatever, or I don't know what they think anymore, right? I don't talk to them, but like, who knows? All I know is like, I tried really hard to save those relationships, but sometimes you need to realize that like people may not be after your best interests or like what you do threatens them so much or their themselves. I've had many friends in the past, like many friends who have literally told me like, Hala, I get so jealous of you. I can't even follow you on social media. Hmm. My closest friends. Now, the people who are like acquaintances get inspired by it because they don't get threatened. They think like, oh, I know Hala and she did this. Like people I went to college with or like friends of friends. Those are the types of people that will be like, wow, you inspired me so much. I can't believe you did it. Like you hustled so hard. I saw you from the start. Those are the people that like will, will support you because it's like they're not close enough to you to feel like there's something wrong with them. Because I think what my friends did was compare themselves to me. Yeah. They were like, well, I have a corporate job, but Holly did all this on the side and she blew up. Like, And then they, they feel bad about themselves for not taking the same decisions, for watching TV instead of working hard on something or whatever it is. And I make them feel bad about themselves. Now, I never meant to do that. I was just following my dreams. But some people can't accept you. Um, you know, They just can't accept you for who you are. And I obviously wasn't going to like belittle myself or not follow my dreams so that I could fit in with my high school friends, you know? So, well, thank you for sharing that. I, 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 in being involved in this industry this long, continue to be aware that in areas of our lives where we in and of ourselves, we would transform. We've been using that word. We would transform. We would change. We would brainwash ourselves and become somebody different. And the hardest thing that I find over across the board is doing that amongst our social construct that whether it threatens them, whether it's just uncomfortable, um, any little bit of resistance, man, it will, it will stop most people. And I'm saying that with compassion. I, I, I don't want to, I want my friends, you know, I, I want to, we want to belong, desperately want to belong. So to do what you did is pretty darn courageous for one. And, and, and I appreciate you saying it also hurt. 
I mean, it, oh, it, it hurts so bad, you know, that it's, that it's a regret. Yeah. It's not something you go, I was well, screw them. You know, they're just not on board. So I got new friends now that you look back. So I appreciate you saying that there's a regret so that people hear that, that there's a great benefit over here. But, uh, if you're going to change, there's going to be some collateral damage, even if it's an so, awesome. Change. Totally. And I remember for like a year and a half, two years, I didn't make any new friends and I just kept trying to reach back out, kept, kept trying to hang out and they were just rejecting me, rejecting me, rejecting me. And in my mind, it was like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You chose your life. Bye. You know? And then finally I was like, well, it's not healthy for me to not have friends and I'm a nice person. And I just made great new best friends. You know what I mean? And it's, I guess the other thing is like, you're not too old to make new friends too. Cause like, I was just like, where am I going to find friends? You know? But I did. I made great new best friends and they're more aligned to me. They're successful. They have a growth mindset. A lot of them are entrepreneurs and we have the same interests and it's not, I can talk about my success without people rolling their eyes, Yeah, you know? So yeah, it worked out, I guess. Well, it also brings into the context of the, not the value, but the quality of your friends. Um, and, you know, I thought about this going to what you talk about. It's such a comparison game and it's so difficult. I was with a group of guys last week. There was 12 of us sitting out by a river having dinner. And the guy next to me is literally worth $490 million. I mean, so he's just, you know, that there's that guy on the other side of me is uh, uh, some kind of a, a special forces policeman, you know, probably makes 40 grand a year. But man, he loves what he does. And to see them be able to relate, you know, out there, we're out on the river, out on the trail, and they're just people. You kind of take away those things. And it, it spoke to me of the value of them being comfortable with their place in life and who they are, not threatened by the other. Because they both have things the other doesn't have. They both have skill sets, responsibilities the other doesn't have. And to not take that comparison game and let it minimize us. Because we could all do that. I can, I can look at somebody my age who has a billion dollars and has done better in these places and is faster on the train, you know, whatever. We can always find that. And you got to let it go because there's just no win game. And I want to echo that because I did mention a lot of my friends are successful now. But a lot of my friends also are like, one of my best friends is like a waitress. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's just a nice person, a kind person. She's supportive. I'm supportive of her. And we're really good friends. You know, so it's just, it's, it's not really about like their status. It's just, how do they treat you? Do they lift you up? Do yeah. they support you? Are they kind people? That's really what matters in your relationship. I appreciate that. I, I got somebody I'll, I'll tell you offline, but uh, somebody you would know who's got, you know, more money than they'll ever know what to do with. And his best friends, he says, I'm in a bunch of, a lot of them, we've been friends forever. A lot of them are knuckleheads, but we're just best friends, you know? So we use my plane and we fly around and we have a blast together. And I just love that, that they just get rid of the, get rid of the status out there and just be friends. So thank yeah. you for sharing all that. Hey, the next category here is health and wellness, um, which I know is a focal point of you of yours. We talked about it. That's a lot of your, uh, a lot of your own shows and transformation focuses health and wellness. A lot of your advertisers and sponsors. I saw you uh, promoting Element, which I use. I went through about three packets yesterday on a big adventure. Uh, I got you a sponsorship. Yeah, I know. I know. Tell me about it. It's, seriously, I, I buy that stuff. Well, I do buy it wholesale, but I do buy it. Um, but tell me about health and wellness. Tell me what motivate, what drives you in your health and personal health and wellness. Yeah. Well, I like I said, big proponent of exercise. I feel like exercise has made me smarter, made me more productive, makes me feel my best. Also helps you get perceived as somebody who works hard from other people. When you walk into a meeting and you're fit and you look healthy, people are going to trust you more to do a good job because you look fit, healthy, and fast, right? And, and that's really important. So even the perception of your brand being fit is important. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be ripped. It doesn't mean that you need to be the strongest person in the world. Like I don't have huge muscles or anything like this, but I try to keep myself fit. I try to eat healthy. Um, and make sure that I'm not eating a lot of fried foods, not eating a lot of sugar, uh, and just doing my best to maintain a healthy lifestyle so that I can be a good role model to my audience. Because I feel like a lot of young people are looking up to me and I want to make sure that I am doing the things, uh, that I would want them to do or want my future kids to do, you know? Uh, so I just try to be a good role model. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, well, again, let's go ahead and and hit on that because that's a it can be a, a a volatile topic to some, and we're in an age right now when we talk about po- body positivity, which we mm. mentioned judgment a minute a minute ago, which is a big key. And if we can detach judgment from the things, because over here in the business world, what you said, I'll never forget. Uh, it was a it was a branding agency. Um, who was talking to an author and I was involved in a, in a different capacity, but the agency said, look, if you would lose 50 pounds, it'd probably be worth about $500,000 to you next year. And that can sound, you know, judgmental, but he said, it just, it's people judge a book by its cover. If you look well, people trust you more. They think, oh, as you said, that you're going to be more productive and that can sound judgmental or it can sound bad. We look at that and go that, what a bummer. We could say that. Okay. What a bummer it is. And yet it is just like we're talking about playing the game. Um, it is. So play with that. Cause I mean, you're working with people in that capacity. It's all choices. It's all choices. Everybody has their choices. Now I do understand. And I do want to call out that there's some people who have medical issues, thyroid issues, maybe it prevents them from losing weight. Maybe you're taking medication that prevents you from losing weight. I'm not speaking to you, but I'm speaking to the majority of people who might be overweight and America has a huge obesity problem. I remember I went to Ohio the other month. And it was like, everybody was like obese and all the food there was huge proportions and everything was fried. And even I ordered a yogurt parfait and it had honey and chocolate in it. Like nobody knows how to eat healthy. Nobody has good habits or like there's no gym culture. There's no exercise culture, right? Not everybody in Ohio fits that bucket, but I couldn't believe how many overweight people that I saw. I'm from New York. Like there's a lot more like fitness consciousness where I'm from. Right. And so in my opinion, it's like another aspect of work ethic. If you can't focus on yourself, have discipline to make healthy choices in what you eat, have discipline in exercising four or five times a week, have discipline, discipline to get your heart rate up, have discipline to learn how to work out, to take the time to do it. Listen, if you are able to watch TV every day, there's no reason why you can't exercise every day. And I think a lot of people use time as an excuse and how busy they are as an excuse. And honestly, that is just an excuse. You need to prioritize your health. It is your body. It is your sanctuary. It is what's going to keep you alive. And honestly, like this whole body positivity thing is getting really skewed because there's a lot of people who are literally overweight, who have a BMI that is considered obese. And out there praising, look at me, look at me. And it's like, no, like you've got to get healthy. There's actually a lot of health implications about your size. And that's not something to promote. And okay, it's okay to feel confident. Uh, Especially like you don't have to be a stick. Like I said, you don't have to be ripped. You don't have to be a model. But you should try to have a healthy BMI. You should try to get your heart rate up. You should try to make sure that, you know, on the flip side, you're not too skinny and don't have any, like if if you get sick, you're not going to be in a bad situation, right? So it's just about prioritizing your health and being disciplined enough to take the steps that you need to actually ensure that you have a healthy lifestyle. And I know that I can come off a little harsh with this. Um, But I truly believe it. I feel like when people are taking their health seriously, they're better employees, they're better friends, they're stronger mentally, there's just so many benefits that come along with exercising and making healthy choices. And that's not to say like, I want to have ice cream sometimes or pizza sometimes, like, of course, everything in moderation, but it's just about the, the daily actions and choices that you make with your life and how you decide to 
live your life. You know, if you have Doritos every night and you don't exercise, it's like you made those choices, you know? Yes. I, and it does, it can be, this can ruffle a lot of feathers. So it's interesting if you were talking in this spirit about finances, nobody would have a problem with it. You're talking about saving, not going into debt, that you need investments and yada, yada. Nobody has a problem. But over here in health and wellness, we do because, and some of it's valid. We have put judgment on people. And I don't need to judge somebody as poor, bad, wrong, because they may not be yeah, ripped and shredded. But there is, I mean, back if we take that off the table too, even the perspective of it that we have, you know, visually, aesthetically, the first thing you said was exercise makes me smarter. That's the one that I come to. If I don't keep myself well, especially from a creative standpoint, I just can't get it out. I can deal with busy work. I can do emails. I can do whatever. But to sit down and craft a show or to read something that I'm looking for for my own personal transformation, dude, if, my, if I'm not feeling well, I just can't get there. You talk about brain fog. I mean, I can, I can, a bag of Doritos will probably give me brain fog. And, you know, what I ate the night before, I mean, I thought about that last night, literally, because sometimes the night before, I imbibed. Okay. We were having fun and I did, and I knew what was happening in the morning. This morning, I knew I was going to get up and I was going to prep for the show that dictated what I ate when I went to sleep and my, you know, getting good sleep. So looking at the, just the performance aspect, uh, is a big part of it. So, well, let me ask you then specifically then on the exercise and on nutrition side, what does Hala do? Okay. Um, Exercise wise, one of my favorite things to do is use the trampoline. So I have a mini trampoline and I do like bounce workouts. Now I'm extremely busy. And again, I don't use as as an excuse. I'm so busy. I'm running basically two companies. I have a huge team. I have a relationship. I have friends. I have a busy life, right? I still make time. I work out from home. I choose not to go to the gym. I have my own little gym set up in my house. I, I work out on the trampoline. I do Pilates. I've been working out since I was 18. So I literally am my own personal trainer. And I do, I have lots of different apps that like I take classes on and I do yoga and I keep myself fit. So cardio on the trampoline. I do Pilates for strength. I do weights, all different kinds of stuff. Hit classes, mm. uh, you name it. So I just like try to spice it up. Um, and I get like into like little things and get like, for example, like, um, really into Pilates like right now. So it's like, I'll get like obsessed with certain things and really just like focus on it, learn it really well. Uh, on the eating side, I'm not a vegetarian or anything like this. I, I eat meat. I try not to eat a lot of red meat. I eat a lot of fish. Uh, I try to just eat lots of veggies and fruits, um, yogurt, right. And like, uh, fermented foods are really important to keep your gut health uh, healthy. I'm really a big proponent about gut health, spore-based probiotics, prebiotics, even using digestive enzymes. Uh, really important to keep your gut health uh, intact. And I have a lot of episodes about that. Um, and that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Did you have, uh, and, and curious, Will Cole, Dr. Will Cole on your show, his latest books, Gut Feelings? It's so funny. I had an interview with him yesterday, suppose it's, uh, but I had to reschedule him because I had something come up. But so funny. He was supposed to come on my show yesterday. I was going to say, he's right up your alley. I so appreciate it. I had not really connected with him. And then we had him on the show and did you know the, the two parts like we're doing here. Uh, it was really good. I've continued to talk about him and it's just, again, helped change my own paradigm. Oh, I can't so, wait. Yeah, you'll have fun. Oh, well, the next one here is mind, mental health, even the mental state. And I like to look at that to say, you know, what is driving you in regards to the state of mind, the mental health that you want? Yeah. I love this. Um, so one thing that I know I could be better, everybody is on the spectrum of continually improving, right? Sure. One of the things that I know I can be better at is more meditation. Now I do, uh, practices like, for example, I love to stretch and this gives me time to just, uh, you know, be nice to my body. I literally take like 20 minute stretching classes and I'll just be able to think, and this is one way that I sort of release my mind. The other thing that I do is something that I do with my team every single morning. We have a 15-minute huddle where we wake up together. It's like super early in the morning. We're all drinking coffee and it's me and my business partners. And it's like, what is your one word today? And we all start off with our one word. So like usually we try to be uh, – it just depends. Sometimes it's gratitude. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes – I'm, you know, whatever it is, then it's, you know, what is your uh, personal higher recognition from yesterday? And, you know, you say something positive about you or somebody else. 
Hmm. Then it's, what are you working on today? And we go through like, what are the things that are going to make us productive for today? And what are the top things we need to do? Do you have any roadblocks? We all talk about what's the roadblocks? How can we help each other? And then we close it off with what's your one word. And usually if we started off like I'm stressed or whatever, by the end of it, we're like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive. Right. And so we do this every morning, every single morning we do this with each other. Um, and so that really helps set the day on a good foot. I thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you will enjoy. We just recently had on Jake Eagle. He's co-author of a book called the power of awe. And he talks mm. about it. The focus is microdosing mindfulness. He says, meditation is great. Do your you know, 10 minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, 40 minutes in the morning. But then throughout the day, if you'll take, you know, five, 15 seconds of this microdosing mindfulness, the benefits of it. And uh, you may appreciate that like I do, because that feels more palatable because I got a few things on my plate as well. Yeah. Um, I love that. The next one, work, career, business, which we've talked about, you know, so much. And with that, I mean, I know that you have your own personal achievement goals. I know you also want to influence people. So when I ask about your work, your career, your business, what would you say are the primary driving factors that keep you on the path that you want to be on? I think um, this is this is a hard question for me because I'm not like a person who's like, I have this exact visualization of who I am in the future. All I know is like, I'm so passionate about what I do. And I love having a team. I love making money for my team. I love having all these salaries that I'm responsible for and making deals and continuing to grow and build my business. So for me, I think what I really enjoy is the doing something, doing hard work and then like immediately getting rewards. Right. So it's like, I love sales, right. I love like the art of the deal, negotiating, making a deal, getting everybody money, making everybody happy. Right. Like that really excites me. And like I said, like motivating a team, building up my team, giving promotions. That's really important to me. A lot of people who are entrepreneurs, they don't care about having a team. I really care about having a team and like the bigger the team, the happier I am that I've got all this responsibility and I'm going to like get everybody has these jobs and I've got all these young people learning from me. That really inspires me. At the same token, my students in my masterclass, it's like a lot of them are young entrepreneurs or even older entrepreneurs. And it brings me so much joy to teach them how to crush it on LinkedIn, go viral, make sales. And then like, I've got these like grown people who are older than me a lot of the times telling me how much I transform their business, how they've never had this many sales, how they're so thankful for everything that I'm teaching them. And I get to like sort of give back what I've learned and help all of these entrepreneurs uh, at scale, uh, not just like, you know, the 20 clients I can take at a time from my agency, all these people, like hundreds of people at a time, I can sort of teach how to leverage social media to make sales and run their business. So teaching other people how to be successful, me being successful myself, that is what drives me. I like the, I like the output and yeah. uh, the recognition of it. I, I resonate with that, Hala, because if you ask me that work and business, I, I don't really have, yeah, some avatar of I want to be this dude on, you know, in this place of status. I don't know. I, especially like you too, I've done so many different things that I look at what I'm doing now and go, man, I really just want to enjoy today. And what I end up doing five years from, I, I, you always figure it'll be in this line, but who knows five years ago, it wasn't the same thing. So, uh, I want to enjoy the day. So I, I hear that. Yeah. I, I resonate. And I feel like I do plan, but it's like on yeah. like a quarterly basis. I'm not, or like a yearly basis. I'm not looking five years out and I just, I'm just, like you said, present and just crushing the present, right? Too much planning is also not good because then you get stuck and fixated on one thing. I'd say, I agree. It feels confining sometimes is the admission there. Oh, hey, the last one here is personal interest, which would be an interesting one to ask you because you do work a lot. You do like your work. So there may not be a whole lot outside of this, but are there some things that you do that I kind of frame it around They the things that in and of themselves may not be a productive thing, but it, you know, helps you be more productive overall, but it's just something you do for joy, whether it's, you know, I dance or I, you know, do whatever I travel or something like that. Are there some personal interests that you did just to fill yourself up and inspire you? Yeah. I mean, like one thing is like skincare, beauty, makeup. I love all that kind of stuff. I'm a very girly girl, even though my show has nothing to do with being a girly girl. Right. I personally love that kind of stuff. Fashion. I'm really into fashion. Um, 
going out with friends, going out to fancy dinners, dancing, like you mentioned, also a big proponent of that. And then pickleball is something new that I'm picking up. So new sport that I'm learning is pickleball. It's really fun. Uh, and aligned with my, you know, health and fitness goals, but it's not really about the workout. It's more about the fun playing the game. That's fun. We had somebody, I think last week, week before who said, I talked about pickleball. Of course, that's the big crazy. <laughs> they said, I love doing it because I get in there. I'm having so much fun and I forget that I'm actually getting a workout. So it's their favorite yeah. exercise, which I totally understand. That's my workouts. I, I'm not, don't feel like I'm exercising. Uh, hey, thank you. I feel like, again, we kind of gave, you gave, you gave a, a bit of a masterclass on some of these aspects, but then also I appreciate just your own candor and sharing and your heart shines through back to, you know, values that it's so quick. Well, that's why you're here. I see what you're about. I hear what you're about. I feel what you're about. And uh, I trust that and I'm aligned with that. Thank you for being here and thank you for sharing with us. Thank you so much, Kevin. This was such a pleasure. All right, friends, this was part two in this series with Hala Taha on the art of trying. Again, you can find Hala on your podcast app at Young and Profiting and on social media at Yap with Hala. Coming up next in part three, I bring on a co-host uh, to be with me on the show. She has absolutely mastered the art of trying. It's Broadway and movie star Renee Marino, who you can see as the lead female role in Clint Eastwood's movie, Jersey Boys. Uh, Renee's a frequent co-host with me because she's an expert in personal development and a master communicator. Her book is called Become a Master Communicator. Uh, I'll look forward to being with you then. I think you'll enjoy the show. Friends, thank you for tuning into Self Helpful, where I curate the sea of new personal development materials and help you integrate wisdom into your life because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. 